The views and opinions expressed in the following episodes are those of the individuals and are not meant to insult or offend anyone. Jeez, dark and gloomy much? Are you trying to be an edgelord? Well, then how should I put it then? I don't know. How about... We come in peace. We mean no harm. We may spoil some things. We may swear a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Little Nerdy. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm our co-host, Owen. Today, our episode is about the quarry. Like where they dig up rocks or someone's prey? Maybe both. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, first, shout out to our friend, Black White Check, for intro and outro. Details will be in the show notes. Absolutely. Also, we want to apologize for today's episode being late. Um, I had to unexpectedly work yesterday. And it was kind of... Put it, it down. A- it Yesterday was our recording day, so... It was a one-off thing. Yeah. Shouldn't happen very often. Um, Yeah, so... Mm -hmm. So, uh, also, we're in a bit of a thunderstorm watch right now, so... Oh, no, it's like thunderstorming right now. Well, yeah, so anyway, or severe thunderstorm watch, I should say. So, yeah, uh, if you hear any rumbling in the background, that's just uh, the thunderstorm rolling, not me being gassy. (laughs) All right, um, so the other thing I wanted to point out was uh, a little bit of exciting information. More of your uh, college stuff for your schooling is going through. And yes. I know you're a little nervous, but also super excited about that. Yes, I am a little nervous. I'm kind of hoping between now and September I can just wear my brown pants every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. It won't be that bad. And stuff. I'm just nervous because it's been quite a few years, we'll put it that way, since I've been to school. So. Eh, it's... Just read, uh, regurgitate, and hopefully you retain stuff. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much like the majority of school <laughs> in that way, I think. Well, and stuff, and we'll keep you guys informed. It might we might take a break in September. Yeah, just because I know you'll be doing five days of schooling and then two days of work, so you're going to be a little tired and a little uh, unable to, you know, nerd out about stuff as often as you like to. Yeah, well, and just to give me a chance to get adjusted to school and everything like that. But we'll definitely see how it goes, and we will make sure we keep you guys posted. But that's a while away yet, so until then, we all enjoy being the big fucking nerds we are. Yeah, we got about two months. Two and a half months, yeah. No, I'd say two months, roughly. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, so we'll see how that goes. And, like, again, because we do this for fun, not for profit, that's one of the reasons why it's, like, the whole, you know, if we got to take a break or anything like that, it's, like, nothing personal, it's just... You know, priorities and, you know, life stuff happens I in mean, that regards. Yeah. I mean, we love doing this and everything, but what I mean priorities, <laughs> it's like we got to keep the bills paid because we like to have somewhere safe and warm to sleep. We like good meals and stuff that's nutritious to eat. Yeah. I'm, that's what I meant by priorities. It's like No, no. Papers. I know. I've just had a couple, a little bit of feedback of people saying like, oh, sometimes it sounds like you guys don't take this as seriously because you don't get paid for it. You guys are always mentioning that you don't get paid for it. And it's like, no. We, we don't, we're doing this because we love being nerds. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And stuff. And it wouldn't matter whether we were getting paid or not. Mm -hmm. The content would still be what the content is. Oh, absolutely. And stuff. And we would, I mean, if we were getting paid, we still would have missed yesterday. Because that's just how, unfortunately, things went, right? And stuff. So we don't ever want you guys to think that it's like unimportant or that you know, we care less because we're not getting paid. We're doing this because we love being nerds. Mm-hmm. And if we can make you guys smile or interest you in something, or maybe introduce you to a like fandom or something that you didn't know you'd be into or whatever, then that's really what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. Like I was going to say, is like that's the reason why we have never talked about doing a Patreon, having any commercials in this or yada mm-hmm. yada, because it's that whole um for the most part it's like we want this to be something we enjoy doing we don't want it to be something where it's like we put like you know it's like the whole eh, i gotta juggle a whole bunch of other things it's like this is a fun 
passion project. Uh, that's kind of mm-hmm. like if I if it ever sounds like it's like oh we want money or whatever kind of thing is like well my bills want money. Personally, I just want to you know laugh and have a good time and point out how sometimes uh, tea for brains is a little uh, <laughs> wrong on things. Rude. Hey, you're the one who thought that the toilet paper didn't matter which way it goes over the roller thing. It doesn't matter. We've had this debate. We've had the debate without hate. And, you know, it's like we've come up with some interesting things. And, again, you know, we love doing this kind of stuff and bantering back and forward And a we absolutely appreciate each and every one of you that listens. So. Oh, of course. Like, I, I honestly don't think anyone should pay to hear me talk or rant or watch <laughs> yeah. anything. It's like... Yeah, uh, no one should have to pay for that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, you tolerate it enough as it is. I, I commend you for that one. You're taking like a thousand for the team. So like, <laughs> girls are like, oh, my ears are bleeding. Can you make him shut up and make other guys be like, you know, can I just punch his teeth out? No. But anyway. The people who listen are fans of you... And your nerdiness, I'm sure of it. They have to be on. I mean, that's part of why I fell in love with you. You say that as if that's uh, some kind of justifiable excuse. I think, you know, maybe you just, you were dropped on your head as a kid. Because I know me. I hear me all the time. I was not, sir. I may have fallen into the bathtub while it was full. But I did not get dropped on my head. (laughs) Not intentionally, mind you. (laughs) But anyways. Anyway. Okay, so that, that just to kind of clarify up that and everything is yeah. the whole like yeah it's um, because again anybody that ex- like you know likes regular routine schedule things as most you know mature people do they like to have a set rhythm and routine of their habits and and unfortunately <laughs> because we work polar opposite shifts and everything and again it's like <laughs> a passion project for the most like the whole majority of it but. I'm sure you would vouch for the fact that I get super stressed if we're going to be late with an episode. Oh, yeah. No, like I, you know, it's like there was like how many I have literally begged you. It's like, let me do a solo episode. Let me do a solo episode. And it wasn't until you had your tooth ripped out of your freaking skull. Oh, well, you could have done one at any time. It's just that I was usually available to do them as well. Right. I know. But you always get worked up and everything. And I'm like, well, now that I know that you know, when I get off work and everything, I could technically record an episode all by my lonesome. I mean, I could do it too, but I feel like it's funner with the two of us. That's true. But so in regards to that, it's the whole, yeah, you do get worked up about it. And I definitely don't want, I want this, like the thing about it, having new content at least once a week kind of thing makes it so this way there's that nice little cozy, like, oh, Little Nerdy posted a new podcast. It makes it something enjoyable for people. Let's hear what these assholes have to say. Well, yeah. Sometimes, and I know sometimes people will be like, that one guy can just shut the frick up kind of thing and get to the point. Anyway, speaking of which. Okay, let's get back to the point about The Quarry. Yes. So this is a video game made by Supermassive Games. Yes. And published by 2K Games. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember a game called Until Dawn? Uh, hell yeah. Okay, so that was quite the iconic, huge reason for the PlayStation 4's motion sensor control kind of things, I Mm -hmm. think. No, because you just used the um, normal controller. No, I know, but I'm sorry, not the motion control, but like the controller had motion sensors in it. Yes. Like that was the big hype thing of like the PlayStation 4 or 3. I think it was the 4. And yeah, anyways, the point was that certain games were trying to implement it into like their mechanics and stuff. And Where then, it's like if you moved the controller, the game would know. Exactly. Yeah. Like there was like a flying game where it's like if you pull the, with the controller up, it's like, you know, the airplane flies up and stuff. Like mm-hmm. It wasn't a mechanic that got utilized as well as it could have or should have. But anyways, it was the, the, just that thing. So that's that's one of those games. Yeah. That was, I think, one of their very first big title games that ever came out. Mm-hmm. And that, again, that saying I have is that the first one, our first creation is always viewed as a masterpiece. Sometimes. Well, because it's your first real big, like, project commitment and everything. Like, maybe they've done some smaller things, but that was their first big title, like, AAA title that they made or something, probably. Mm -hmm. Or at least the first one of this whole... yes or no left or right up or down Mm -hmm. be aggressive or be passive kind of like like, make your choices yeah like i believe it's called an interactive drama horror game that's the what says here for the wikipedia Mm -hmm. and 
so yeah, like that was maybe they've had some smaller stuff before, some demo things or co- concept things come out. But this, that, uh, as far as I know, that's their big one. As right. far as I know. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, they've had a few things since then. But this is their, I think, back to form close to what those games were. Mm-hmm. Or at least the Until Dawn was. Yeah. And I got to say, this game looks awesome. Looks awesome. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's... We've seen the whole playthrough of it. It is awesome. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying... <laughs> Okay, looks awesome and, you know, is awesome kind of thing. Like, well, I, I meant that uh, the whole, the, the what the Until Dawn was and what the Quarry is. Yeah, they're both, like, seem, like, because I haven't played either of the games all the way through or anything. Like, I haven't even touched the Quarry yet. That both games are pretty awesome. Like, mm-hmm. looking kind of thing. That's why I'm saying it looks awesome because I haven't played through it myself, so I don't want to be like, oh yeah, handles like a butte. Have you ever hopped behind the wheel of this car? No, but according to these specs and what I just saw that guy do, it looks easy. And it's like, well, how do you know until you drive the car yourself kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so what was your kind of first impression when you came across the name and saw that it was... I had actually no idea about it. I had no idea it was coming out. Oh. Uh, I did not know until we clicked on Jacksepticeye's first video of it and he did his you know welcome back guys yeah it was kind of it was funny because it's the start of this new game but i think he's done every like he's done pretty much every super massive game that i know of since at least starting with until dawn yeah and stuff so anyway um and then once i realized that this was going to be essentially a not like a second part to until dawn but it it's more it's closer to until dawn than the uh um anthology ones were right yeah because as far as like the ones there there was what the house of ash little hope and man and madame man and madame yes wasn't there another one in there though uh, there might have I been. thought there was four of them. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, that was anyway. kind of the big thing. But yeah, those those were the big games that we saw. And I don't know. It's one of those things where I think because Until Dawn was such a big, super successful hit, that it made it hard for the sequel games after that, even if they weren't like interconnected to the stories of Until Dawn, because there's, you know, a place out in the mountains kind of thing and yada yada in these places like one was set in the ocean one was set in egypt yeah or out in the middle east so i'm not sure where house of ashes was set i want to say i can't remember where that location was but i definitely would say it's in the geography of the middle east well yeah it was definitely because it was like um yeah sandy there was type. like a pyramid or something that they went into or yeah, and I'm pretty sure I want to say that the guys looked Egyptian in that game that like back when there was a pharaoh oh, and everything. Yeah. That's, well, that's, yeah, so if there was a pharaoh, it would have been like Egypt. I'm pu- region. I'm pretty sure. I don't want to like like, you know, but I'm just saying like that's where I think in the world it was. So it's like What was that one called? Uh House of Ashes. House of Ashes. I'll look it up real quick while you're talking. And then uh the game of little hope which i can't remember where that one was set but it was it was a lot closer to the geography uh of north america close to the rocky mountains or whatever but still as far as i could tell there was no interwining plot even up to the very end it's like when your characters um it goes through who who lives who dies who tells your story <laughs> little hamilton reference there for hamilton. you uh, but yeah, but the, the, like I said, the biggest problem I find with a game such as Until Dawn is that if it's such a huge, successful mega hit, that the stuff that leads after that okay. is kind of, it has this high, high bar to clear. And sometimes, you know, maybe they wanted to try something new. They wanted to spice it up, maybe try a new mechanic and yada, yada, and just see how this would work and what people would think of this. And sometimes it drops the ball and then, you know, kind of gets a smeared reputation. Even though it could be a great game for story and gameplay-wise, it just wasn't as good as this first masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So it's set in Iraq, House oh. of Ashes. Um, more specifically, um, 
there was a subterranean temple in uh, Akkadian. I think I pronounced that correctly. If I did not, I apologize. We have troubles enough with English as it is. Yeah. You know, another country's name for uh, you guys know you've heard of region. I think that was the name of the temple. I don't know. Okay. But anyway, um. So yeah, that that's just kind of like my little point about the whole because I know a lot of people loved Until Dawn and like when we saw Jack Septicai's playthrough of um, the Quarry, he was always comparing it to Until Dawn, and he said like it was one of those games where it's like this is so close and it's very familiar to the feel which was you know a gr good praise because like i said it's that whole yeah. clearing that bar is not easy yeah my okay so here's my issue what's that? okay so i really liked until dawn mm -hmm. right and i watched jack's playthrough of it i watched mark's playthrough of it right what about gab no, because I didn't know about Gab at the time. Oh, so okay. I actually, it's on my list. Like I'm watching her quarry now, mm -hmm. but I actually think I'm going to go back after I'm done the quarry and watch her until dawn and all that. Right. Because it's, it's interesting to see how each person would play differently. So until dawn was amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. Then they came out with man and madame. It was interesting but the problem is, is it was short, right? So you don't get that character development. You don't get as much gameplay. And I think this was my biggest complaint between Man of Dan, Little Hope, and House of Ashes. Is it felt like you were more like you were watching a movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Versus there wasn't a lot of gameplay. You weren't like you'd make a decision and then it'd go back into cutscenes, right? Yeah. And stuff. And I understand some people like might be like, hey, Michelle, jackass, you're watching someone play the game. It's like you're watching a movie already, but it's different, right? I don't know. If, I think I've touched on this before, but my, I used to watch my dad and brother play video games a lot. Yeah. Right. And I used to help them with the puzzles and because I wasn't very good at games unless it was like The Sims or... Um, although I'll never forget the one time I got my dad over a really hard, uh, Tomb Raider part. And nice. then he was like, holy shit, I can't believe you did that. Save, save, save. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. But, um, anyway, um, so I really enjoy like watching people play video games. Like I've sat here and watched you play games, mm -hmm. right? Because that doesn't bother me to not be playing. I'm still immersed in the game. I'm still enjoying the game. But there's somebody who's not going to die every two seconds playing the game <laughs> yeah, and stuff. But when it's a game, but everything is cutscene, it, it frustrates me. I don't mind cutscenes and stuff, but like, ooh, House of Ashes, I was the worst for it, right? Because at least in Little Hope, you got to walk around a little bit and whatever, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's my issue with those. But this... Coming back to the quarry, this was more in line with Until Dawn. Until Dawn. Yeah. It was more, you got to play a lot longer. There were cutscenes, but, you know. I, th I think a good way to kind of phrase it or compare it would be like, um, as much as you were saying, yeah, it's like something like you're watching somebody else play it on YouTube or Twitch or whatever. Yeah. It's like, it's already like a movie in that regards. So what does it matter? Whereas um, it's kind of like, uh, how to put it? It's like the difference between a the R.L. Stein uh, pick your own adventure, kind of like, you remember the Goosebumps books where it's like you could actually, like, I remember there was some, a certain series came out where it was like, you actually pick and choose what the character does. Oh, I don't think I ever saw those. I remember the Goosebump books. Yeah, there was actually a few of them that came out, and it was like, if you choose to do this, go to this page. If you choose to do this, go to this page. Oh, what? Yeah, it was that. So it was actually in the book form of this kind of thing, but just like the difference was, is that between your choices, you uh, in the book, you're just reading what the characters do and say and interact and everything, which mm -hmm. is kind of cinematic, but in the mind and everything as you read this book, whereas. If you are the one writing the book or yada yada, like you take control of the character, 
in between the decisions, that's kind of like a difference in that feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's that whole if it's just a like again, yes, no, up, down, you know, whatever choices you want to make, mm-hmm. and then it's a cutscene. Again, it feels more like you're watching a movie with some. I don't know how to put it with like gameplay kind of involved. Yeah. Like QTEs in there and stuff, but nothing great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's move on to the feel of this game. Mm-hmm. I want to before we get into too like we're gonna get into more of the game, but I want to talk about the feel of this game. So let's talk about it's set at a summer camp. Right. Yeah, and of course the summer camp has come to an end. The month or two that the kids are there, I think two months, the kids that are there, they've had their summer camp fun and now they're taking off. Right. And stuff. But what I liked about the atmosphere of this movie is it you got so sucked in, you almost forgot that it's set in like 2022. Like mm-hmm. until they pull out their phone to use a flashlight or snap a picture, it almost feels like it's set in like the 80s or 90s. Right. Yeah, or you see that the fact that the people, the uh, the Hatchet family who owns the... Hackett. Or Hackett, sorry. Uh, the Hackett, what was the name of the camp? Uh, Hackett's Quarry. Yeah, Hackett's Quarry. Um, there's a, there's a sp- uh, spot in there where you find out that they have a surveillance system set up to watch things in the woods. Yeah, trail cams. Yeah, so it's not until something like that comes along, or the cell phones, like you yeah. said, because... They don't really use their cell phones that much because they are out in the middle of, you know, uh, make a left turn at Albuquerque and then a right turn at that bush and you'll find your way you're, wherever you're going kind of thing. Pretty much. Uh, but yeah, in regards to stuff like that, it's like, you know, you, yeah, don't get too turned around in those, uh, around those trees because you'll get lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no cell phone reception. There's not real, like, there might, I don't even think there was like really a power line system. I think it was all generators and stuff or something. I think so. I don't remember really seeing power lines, but yeah. So it, it's got this whole like you are out in the middle of an isolated forest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really appreciated that um, atmosphere that they brought to it. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. And stuff. Um, okay. So should we start getting into some of the characters? Yeah. Okay. Um... Where you want to start? You want to start with the main family? You want to start with the counselors? You want to start? Let's start with the counselors, and okay. uh, let's start with the first two that we meet at the very, very beginning of the game. Yeah, I kind of, in our notes, arranged it that way. Mm-hmm. Right. So, game opens up, and you have Max and Laura. Yeah. Right. And they're headed up to Packet's Quarry. They're going to be counselors, right, for the month. Um, that doesn't quite go the way they wanted yeah they even start off with saying that they have no gps system on their phones because their cell reception is so bad that they i guess they have to use a map yeah they got to go old school and use a paper map and figure out where they are yeah um things go a little haywire because there was a part where you know the co-pilot as we like to lovingly call the past the person in the passenger seat up front it's like, yeah, they're the co-pilot that looks at the map and figure out where they are. And then the Max kid, he's driving along, but then he's got his eyes glued to the map. And that reminds me of, like, the whole uh, Kermit the Frog and Fonzie there when they're like, well, why don't we take this road and yada yada. It's like, wait a minute. If we're both looking at the map, who's looking at the road? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, so they end up going into the ditch because of that. Yes. And they meet um, a sheriff. Was he sheriff? I thought it was an officer. Nope, he was the sheriff. Okay, sheriff. And he basically says, gets them out of the ditch, right? And tows them out. And says, ah, yeah, you can't go to Hackett's Quarry tonight. So you have to go to this hotel instead. Yeah, it was it the Mortuary Hotel? No. Wasn't it called the Mortuary? No. It started with an H. Um, It was. Let me see if I can find it. There. I kind of sworn it was the Mortuary Hotel because it sounded like a morgue thing to me. Really no. creepy sounding. Oh, it doesn't say. Um, okay, I'll see if I can look it up here. Anyway. So, yeah. Um, now, this 
a big thing about this game is that it uses a very complex like motion capture thing so the it's like the actual there's actors that are used in this series to play these characters like it's not just like some 3d model or whatever that's rendered it's actual facial expressions and uh, harbinger like, oh harbinger yeah harbinger hotel yeah okay i was thinking like the harbinger of death was the kind of what thing that i kind of heard or it was like that was like oh yeah whoever called it harbinger motel is like yeah i'll, I'll find a super six to stay in or something like that <laughs> anyway uh, sorry i cut you off there no no that's all good um so it was really good for getting a lot of facial like eyebrow raises or making sure that the lips move in the right way when the characters you know the audio character of the characters come out and yada 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 yeah in regards to the rest of it with max and the sheriff are yeah sheriff right yeah what was his name sheriff uh not... we don't know i thought it said right off the top didn't because oh yeah sheriff hackett yeah but uh, his first name was travis yeah i yeah. didn't say that right off the top but yeah you'll learn it eventually anyway yeah so I thought that that Max character, I thought the motion capture was a little off and made his face look weird and he was creepy and everything. <laughs> and then, man, Officer or Sheriff uh, Hackett, he threw the creep factor through the window and threw, he threw it out the window and said, I'm going to make a batch of creepy right here. Okay. So we need to talk about the actor that plays Sheriff Hackett. Okay. Tell me about the actor. Okay. So it's Sam, uh, Sam Raimi's brother. Okay. Plays him. Um, his name is uh oh my god. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Ted Rainey. His name is Ted Rainey. Okay. And he's been in a lot of stuff. Ted Rainey. Yeah. Right. Um I can't even explain everything he's been in. He is a very big actor and stuff, but he can play creepy very well. He's got, he's not a creepy looking man on his own. No, it's just the way he, but like, he's knows got, how to act. Yes, he's, he can do with his face, you know, you know how to, when you're making that creepy look, right? He does that amazingly. And he looked fucking creepy in this game, man. I was like, oh, I don't think that's a sheriff. I think that's a serial killer. Honestly, he looked creepy. Yeah, when I saw him, I was like, hmm. He's not the kind of guy I would trust as far as, as I could throw. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I could throw that guy very far because he wasn't exactly, he's no stringy. No, he's he's a sheriff. He's muscular. Yeah, he's, and, he's fit. Yeah, and stuff. So, they, yeah. So, I think it's great that they did this game with that motion capture, though. Because they don't think in just a stagnant art. I don't want to say stagnant art, but I don't think in any other art. Form. It would have taken way more effort to get that same level of creepiness with any computer imaging software yeah. than what this was able to do. Absolutely. Thank you. But I was just thrown off. Of, I mean, yeah, they were going for creepy and everything, but I thought maybe like the programming was like bugged out or whatever. And it was like, this guy looks super creepy. You're like, geez, the guys look creepy in this, but Laura looks fine, right? Yeah, like she just looked like, you know, an average, you know, Midwestern kind of girl, you know, yada yada. Mm -hmm. And stuff. But, yeah, so anyway, they get pulled out. He tells them they can't go to Haggis Quarry. They got to go to the Harbinger Motel and stuff. So while he's pointing out directions on the map, Laura kind of tricks him and he points. She says, oh, well, where is Hackett's Quarry and he points on the map and then he's like ah like really it was just quick and then he's like oh they can tell you the Harbinger Motel tomorrow mm -hmm. right so guess what her and Max do they decide to go there to Hackett's Quarry not the Harbinger Motel because I don't know they didn't want to go there yeah and like this is also just like the first you know 20 minutes of gameplay or yeah, so it's the prologue Long story short, they come across a big, nasty, things go haywire, and Officer Hackett, Sheriff or Sheriff Hackett. Hackett, he's there and finds out that it's like they didn't go where they were supposed to, and he gets a little pissed and fires his gun off. No, he doesn't. He fired his gun off, I swear. Oh, yeah, he did. He fired it. But he also stuck her in the neck with a needle. 
Oh yeah, he didn't shoot her, uh, her or Max. Uh, he didn't shoot Laura or Max. It was just the whole that he shot at the monster that was you know in the area or whatever. Yeah. Uh, not gonna give it too much away. It was like, does this look like the Harbinger Hotel? Yeah, he yelled that. Yeah, it was like, man, the creepiness factor of like, I don't know what's going on, but this seems like really bad because it's like he needles Laura and shoots at the monster. It's like stuff is going on. This is going to be a trip. Absolutely. All right. Um, so that kind of, that gets us to the beginning of the, like the prologue, right? Yeah, it sets the atmosphere. Yeah. So then we move into where we meet the counselors. Well, before that, slightly before that, we meet a little old lady. Oh, yes, yes. Now, in Until Dawn, in the other games, there was like a curator, or in Until Dawn, it was like a, a therapist, right? Yeah. This lady is like a um, fortune teller. Yeah, I was going to say some kind of like psychic or something, because there is there's, there's an, a G word that I'm not going to use. Oh, a ghost? Because she, uh, she is. I mean, she is. Well, spoilers on that one, but yeah. Yeah, it's um, a derogatory term that was used for the R- Ramoni. Ramoni people? Yes. And I believe Ramoni is how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, the game kind of references that, like, o- like, old people would call that and everything. And I think even one character is like, uh, I don't think that's an appropriate term. No, Jack, Jack said that. Jack said that, yeah. But anyways, it's like the whole appropriate or not kind of thing it was like that was just like i think that was actually on like the poster or whatever for the harem scare yes yeah and stuff but um anyway she is like a fortune teller right and you meet her between the chapters and whatever but she wants you to collect these tarot cards yeah she'll give you more information and stuff it's basically Mm. their their way of giving you um like those premonition kind of things that you would get until until dawn right yeah you could see it's like oh well this is gonna happen but it doesn't give you like a clear-cut answer it's more of like a foggy it's like it could happen depending on what you choose kind of thing right it's like a fever dream kind of like view of how things are gonna happen yeah so then we move into the counselors so let's just go through the counselors real quick okay so we got jacob yep first impression of jacob bit of a crybaby like, you know, it's like the whole, some people say, oh, guys have no emotions or some guys are too emotional and everything. I think Jacob gives a good example of being clingy or over-emotional. Yeah, I don't know that he was necessarily over-emotional, but he was um, kind of an asshole. Yeah. And stuff. Um, so him and Emma were like a thing, which we'll introduce you to Emma in a minute, but she was one of the other counselors. They were like a thing. Right. Yeah. And she broke up with him. Well, because they live in like different states. Um, so it'd be long distance. Yeah, it was there was like so many things that made it kind of like it was more of, I guess you could say a summer fling. Yeah, exactly. Kind of and, like the movie Grease. Yeah, exactly. Summer oh, loving. Summer nights. You did it. Sorry if your ears are bleeding now. No, not at all. <laughs> I thought you were going to go really loud with it. That's why I was making that face, but you didn't. Yeah. So I thought you were going to do the whole. Really I wasn't going <laughs> to. I wasn't going to try to pull a John Travolta's like the whole. Yeah. yeah, my voice would crack. I'd probably cough a little bit, and yeah, it just would be atrocious. That's... <laughs> so, anyways, um, but one of the things that pisses me off, and we're going to give you bits and pieces here. We're not going to go through the entire game because we want you guys to either a play the game yourselves. B, maybe watch Jack or Mark or, well, I don't know if Mark's played it yet, but. Definitely Gab. Gab. (coughs) Or. Maybe some. Some other YouTuber that you really like. Yeah. Right? Like, those are just, those are some of our favorite YouTubers that we're going to watch, right? And stuff. But what he does, and this is what makes him an asshole, is he disables the vehicle. So they can't leave. Okay, so. The big thing with that whole situation there was that um, <clears throat> now this is one of the first choices that you can make. It's either break the fuel line or remove the what was it the rotor, rotor arm, arm yeah. I believe, or motor arm or something. The, yeah. So it was like the thing was is that if you break the fuel line, because like that's a pain in the ass part to fix. Whereas like removing the rotor arm, which Jack did, uh, it made it so if you put the piece back, the vehicle will run. Yeah. 
So but, it was like it was like a, a sabotage that was only enough to make it so the vehicle wouldn't work until the repair was done. Whereas the other way, you'd have to go get this special part or like true. replace the whole like the whole fuel line, which can be as someone who's worked on my uh, granddad's truck a bit. You got to replace the fuel line. It can be quite the extensive thing. Yeah, definitely. My thing about it is is whether he takes the rotor arm or the breaks the fuel line. You are disabling a vehicle to get one more night with a chick that may just not be that into you. Oh, absolutely. Right. And that's where he's an asshole. Because honestly, if Jacob hadn't done that, this game wouldn't happen. So, I mean, he's got to do it because we want the game to happen. But <laughs> the, the reasons behind him wanting to do it are a little self-centered and, and very asshole. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So then let's move on to Emma. Yes. Um, first impression of Emma. Snooty, stuck up, self-centered bitch. Yeah, I kind of got <laughs> that's fair. I kind of got um yeah, a little bit of snobby, maybe, right? And yeah. stuff. Um again, she was having a fling with Jacob and broke up with him. Um one of the things that happens with Emma, and again, we're talking about people before we introduce them fully, but at one point, because they're stuck there, they're playing this truth or dare game. Mm -hmm. And she kisses Nick. Yeah, because she was dared to either kiss uh, Jacob or Nick. Right. And so, because did, I... Did Jack get a choice on which one she kissed? Yeah. Okay. He chose... No. I don't think he got a choice on that I one. I don't think, because I think he would have chose Jacob. Yeah. Right. And stuff, um, because he was trying not to, like, get the group pissed off at each other. But she chose to kiss Nick. And, um... So, Nick, yeah. So that, Nick's that... another one of the counselors. She did it to make Jacob jealous. But she also hurt her friend Abby's feelings, because Abby has feelings for Nick. It's a very like convoluted thing. Well, it's just a teenage thing, right? Like they're teenagers or early twenties at the very most, right? Yeah, I'd say somewhere like, you know, somewhere around the age of ballpark of eighteen. Yes. Just ballpark. But there is something that happens that redeemed this character for me. And we're not really gonna go too far into it. <laughs> but it happened on the island. Yeah. So where they are there's like this little island area and something goes down and it makes her a complete badass yeah it's like last girl horror movie energy she yes. is you know it's like she ain't going down without a fight and it was pretty awesome yeah okay uh plus i think there was a good character development with that character yeah she, there was and then it kind of dropped off but the character development you got was good yeah and it kind of changes your mind about her um nick is the next one yeah now nick is if i'm not mistaken an australian kid his accent sounded aussie to me i don't want to like 100 percent say he was but i was getting australian um inflections in his accent for sure mm -hmm. um so he likes abby mm -hmm. but is like too afraid to say anything so when emma kisses him it makes it awkward as well because he likes Abby and Abby likes him, but they are, you know. And of course, this is also, you know, again, like ballpark 18 year old is like, yeah, it's like, of course, there's like some <clears throat> attractive. She was, uh, Emma was blonde, right? Was, yeah. Yeah. So it's like some attractive blonde girl, you know, gets up and comes over and kisses you. It's like, of course, you know, it's like his hormones are going to be raging. He's not going to be like, no, no, I'm not going to kiss you. It's like, oh, yeah. Whole, autopilot kicks in is like it's almost like his body gets hijacked by himself and is like i ain't saying no yeah i ain't stupid so but gonna... at the same time it was stupid yeah no definitely are we gonna talk about this um or should we wait we'll, we'll wait for that okay one. okay so then we got abigail yes Close. or abbreviated for to abby yeah as everyone called her because so what was your first impression of her big time velma energy from scooby-doo I kind of thought she she reminded me kind of like the girl next door vibes, right? Where she's like innocent, sweet, kind. She came across that way to me, right? Yeah, like um, probably smarter than she gives off, kind of thing, but very um, 
passive. Yeah, and shy and stuff. But um, unfortunately, I felt like her story just kind of died off. Yeah, it was the whole, like, as long as Nick was in the scene, she was like an active character. But then something happens to Nick where he gets bitten by this monster creature, which essentially, for the most part, because, like, the creatures only appear during full moons, (laughs) and they, do they howl? Yep. And they run on all fours, so very much werewolf-like. Which, you know, as we've talked about in the Twilight stuff, is like, I'm a very big fan of werewolves over vampires. So the fact that the monsters are werewolves, I was like, yes. Okay, I want to circle back to, because I think this is one of my favorite iterations of a werewolf. Yeah. And I want to circle back to that once we're done going through, like, the counselors and the characters and stuff. Right. But there is a reason why. Right. So, yeah. Essentially, once Nick gets bitten and he's like... Um, wolfified. Yeah, like he's slowly becoming infected and whatever, and stuff. And he's kind of a dick. He ends up like throwing yeah. Abby. She kind of becomes like a her story just kind of goes away. Like she's not really a part of anything anymore, which sucked because I thought she was a pretty decent character, right? Yeah. Uh. Okay. Then we got Dylan. Yes. First impression of Dylan. Kind of the loner kid who doesn't really socialize well with the other. Because, like... Um, Are you thinking Brian or... Wait, Dylan. Oh, no, no, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan was the yeah. choppy choppy. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. when, when we talk about why in a second here, that'll be very funny to a lot of people. But, uh, okay, Dylan. Yeah, he was... Um, A bit of a goofy, eccentric kind of kid. That's what I kind of got from him, too, and stuff. So I believe that there was a choice that was made that led to this, if I remember correctly. But essentially, he ends up getting his left hand cut off. Yeah, so there's a terrible situation happening, and they're trying to get a radio signal. Because, again, cell phones were working, so it was uh, cell phones need to have a cell reception from the tower. Yeah. Whereas a radio sends out a signal and they get to this place where it's like they can send out a, an FM or AM radio type signal out. And he's trying to fix a cord or something on the roof and he's reaching through. And his hand gets grabbed by the monster and, and bitten. bitten. And of course they were talking about seeing uh, this one person who got their finger bit. He takes the gun and just shoots his index finger right off his hand because it's better that than being infected and turning. Yeah, so they end up so the chopping his hand off now the choice was is that do does the guy take the shotgun and blow his hand off or does he take the chainsaw and cut right it off? and he took this off yeah i was like yeah you take the because like it was a buckshot so it's all these little pellets yeah and it was like that is not a clean cut that is not that is just gonna like really badly hurt and you would still have like possibly infection spreading in his arm yeah. and yada yada whereas the chainsaw it is a yeah, that thing will cut through, but like it's meant to cut through wood. It will cut through flesh and bone quite easily. Yeah, that's uh, one of the things I love about the forty k books is like chain swords is like you know like a chainsaw and it's like they talk about it cleaving through and tearing meat from bone and everything. And it's like yeah, when you saw it in the scene there, it was like yeah, it's not super <laughs> quick, but it is brutal and it gets right down to it and everything. And it's like yeah, you don't need a meat cleaver. You chainsaw right through. It takes a second or two and amputation. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty graphic, vulgar scene, but it was kind of badass how this one character just did it. And I was like, yeah, it's, if it came down to that kind of situation, it'd be like, all right, give me your arm. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really bother me because it's fake, but like they're not real people. But yeah, no one really got hurt. No yeah. one really lost a hand kind of thing from this. But it, just in the moment thinking about, oh, God, could you do that in that situation? It'd be hard, but you have to do what you got to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So now then there's Caitlin. Yes. Okay. I swear to God that Lizzo's song was written based on this character. Yeah, the one where it's like, it's bad um, bitch o'clock because Caitlin's a badass. Yeah, because like Emma, uh, she really redeemed herself on that little island thing, mm-hmm. but Caitlin took it a whole notch higher. Yeah. She just like... She was the one that seemed like she knew how to work the gun, right? She 
was kind of fearless for the most part, right? Like, even if you think about what happens in the junkyard and stuff. Oh, yeah. She was pretty fearless, right? And stuff. Um, the thing that bummed me out about Caitlin is we didn't get to learn a lot about her, though. Yeah. I would have liked more character development in the side of, like, all you really learn is that she's into Ryan. Yeah. Right. At the beginning. And then you don't really learn a whole lot about her, her background. Why is she, why is she really good with guns? Does she come from a family of hunters? You know, or maybe she worked in a shooting range one time. You know, who knows? There, and stuff. We a, don't. <laughs> there was a lot they could have done, but yeah. they just didn't. And yeah. It kind of bummed me out. So then you got Ryan. <clears throat> right. He's the stoic kind of guy that you were saying, I think. You didn't think that, he'd get along with the group, right? Yeah, that's who I was thinking at first when we were talking about uh, Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan here, he was the one who just kind of seemed like the introvert, uh, kind of lethargic. Yeah. He was essentially Eeyore in, incarnate. No. No, that's the <laughs> that's the the thing I like the first. I mean, I love Eeyore, so that's fine too. Yeah, but I'm just saying, it's like that was kind of the feeling I got off him. It was like not a lot of energy. Didn't really pick up on social cues or hints for the most part. I He came across to me as chill. Yeah. He was just kind of a real chill guy. Mm -hmm. At least that's for me, right? And stuff. One of my favorite things about him is when we meet him, he's listening to a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Good job, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Um, the podcast, funny enough, was called uh, Bizarre or, sorry, Bizarre Yet Bonafide. Hosted by Anton and Grace. Yes, and he was listening to an episode on the Hag of Hackett's Quarry. Yeah. Right. S oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, and it's actually really funny that there was one thing where I was like, oh, they just threw in that little bit or yada yada. But at the end of the game there. You get I, like a whole 10 minute episode. Yeah, you get a 10 minute thing when it was like, I remember you being like, is this... Is this how bad we sound on the banter and everything, or when we trail off? And I was like, eh, no, because we're the, working on that. <laughs> Anton and Grace, <clears throat> they were fighting each other before they would get to a point of something. Whereas, like, we might veer off and dart off and you know goof around or joke around about some things, but these two, it's like they would have like a two-minute little scuffle or argument <clears throat> without making any detailed points about what they're doing. Mm -hmm and stuff so yeah i don't know ryan was also he seemed like the one that had worked at the camp maybe more often or had worked there a few more times than everyone else because he was friends with chris and his kids right so we'll move on to the <clears throat> hackett family yes so i have these in a certain order but i want to talk about him first okay yeah <clears throat> so i want to talk about chris hackett who he owns the Hackett Quarry Summer Camp. Yeah. And runs it. Right. And stuff. And he's has two children. Chris. Or sorry. Uh, Caleb and Kaylee. Right. Yeah. And stuff. And then the other people that consist of the Hackett family are Jedediah Hackett. Which at first I thought was Jebediah. I can see how. I mean, if you say it quickly, it could sound like Jebediah for sure. Yeah, it's just the, the D and the B there. Just, you know, yeah. just literally take the letter and just switch it around. But there are people named Jedediah. I've oh, I'm not it. saying there isn't, but I'm just, uh, I think that's the first time I've ever heard Jedediah. Mm. Whereas I've heard more often Jebediah. Yeah, that's fair. And stuff. <clears throat> um, And he's just like the patriarch of the family, right? So he would be Chris's dad. Yeah. Right. Then you have Constance Hackett. She's the matriarch of the family. Uh, Jedediah's wife. Um, I absolutely love, absolutely love that she was played by Lynn Shay. Yes, I love Lynn Shay. I don't think she can do anything wrong, in my opinion. She was in Nightmare on Elm Street as the teacher in the original one. Yeah. Um, she was in. What were those movies called? Uh, what was it based around? Oh my gosh. Your heart's just, I can hear it breaking right now. It's like, you're but like, I can't I'll, think of this. You're like Lynn Shay, forgive me. I can't remember those movies. Okay. Well, while you talk about that, uh, I'm going to talk about the, so <clears throat> you've also got, so of course we mentioned uh, Travis Hackett, the sheriff 
brother of Chris. Um, Insidious movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to cut you off again. <laughs> it's all good. Just, just Insidious. Okay, I didn't think Travis was that bad, but sure, call him Insidious. He's Insidious! Um, yeah, so we kind of talked a bit about him, and he doesn't really drop the creep factor too much uh, throughout it, but he does develop as a person. Yeah, he does. He gets some character development. Uh, you don't really get any from Jedediah. You don't really get any from Constance. Uh, and then you got... They do set, like, a, an atmosphere and everything. An atmosphere, but... but it's not a character development no. thing. Then you got Bobby. Bobby Hackett. Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, it almost felt a little that way. And he's Chris and Travis's brother. Right? Yeah, he's also the st stereotypical, uh, I want to say, kind of like Bubba J kind of out in the boonies. Like, Mom and Paul are going to be mad about this if, uh, you know, they find out. Yeah. Kind of thing or whatever. It's like he's tall, like. I would say six foot 12 kind of height. Mm -hmm. And he wears, like, as far as I could tell, he was just wearing the coverall or the overalls, the, the, that out kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's like no shirt on and everything. So it, it had a very kind of like a redneck feel, but of course it's like, you know, summertime out in the woods all the time. It gets all hot and sweaty. Don't want to be wearing a shirt. Do you know who played him? No. Uh, Ethan Sibley. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice love him as an actor as well and Jedediah we should mention was played by Lance uh Henriksen um and he's in a lot of shit too and he's a very good actor so they had some really big names in here I mean we could go through who played <clears throat> everyone but honestly there are big names in here for the counselors as well and stuff but those are just the ones that I'm an old school movie person so like the old school names yeah you know and stuff and then did we touch on caleb and yep. kaylee okay yeah they, they really didn't feel like or at least what we saw with jack's playthrough too much character development for them yeah you don't really get to meet them very like at all really. yeah so and then um you have eliza yep which we spoke about already because she is the fortune teller that yes. you meet also known as the Hag of Hackett's Quarry. She's the Hag of Hackett's Quarry. Now she's also the mother of a lady or of a boy named Silas. I don't know why I said a lady. Um, and they were part of. So then you have Silas, sorry, and he was known as Silas the Dog Boy. Yeah, that was like is that a like consider that a traveling circus or? Yeah, a traveling show at the very most, right? Because this would have been based kind of around the 2015-2016 benchmark. Because they said, because it was based around, like, this game is based around 2021. 20, like, it's based around modern, like, nowadays kind of thing. Do you just, know what year we're in? Well, you know, I'm just saying. It's like, I'm not sure exactly when the game was based. I think it said 2021 yeah. uh, kind of thing, yada, yada. It was like, I guess when they were developing and coming up with a script or whatever. Yeah. They just, you know, it's probably pre-pandemic, so they didn't really... You know, but they didn't want to change the plot too much. Yeah. So the harem scarum happened six years prior. That's what I'm saying. It's probably happened 2015, 2016-ish. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, minus six years. Anyways, so I don't think they... Because, like, the only thing that was, like... And, again, I only use this phrase because I'm not sure what they would call it now. The Like, in the American Horror Story Freak Show. Yeah, it's like, like a traveling circus, maybe. Like, maybe yeah. there was other things. We're really only introduced to her as the fortune teller and him as the dog boy. So I'm sure there were other acts or whatever in the show. Yeah, because maybe it was like a car. I don't. Know, I don't think it was a carnival or something. But it was no. Like, it was a uh, kind of like a circus type thing. Or I will try and look it up and see if there's an actual name for it. But I'm not seeing it. Okay, so then uh, Silas. Uh, Vorez, the son of Eli uh, Eliza Vorez. Like you said, he is known as the Wolf Boy. Apparently, he's also referenced by Travis as the White Wolf. Yeah. Because I guess he's like patient zero. You know, you kill, or it's like the werewolf lords, like you kill the alpha, the original, or the highest up on the lineage and everything, and that you know, stops everybody from underneath being werewolves. Yeah. 
So now you guys kind of know this is like a werewolf game, right? But that's amazing, mm -hmm. right? I want to talk about why this is my favorite iteration of werewolves. Okay, heavy. The fucking transformation. Yeah, this is normally because, like, I'm. Have you seen that movie Van Helsing? With, have, uh, of course, I've seen Van Helsing with um, Hugh, Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yep. Okay. Yes. Now I thought that was a pretty cool transformation. Yes. This was like, hold my beer, watch this. Do you, do you remember when we were watching it? And it happened. Yeah. And I think I grabbed your knee, and I was like, "Did you just fucking see that?" Yeah. Both. I can't even explain to you guys how awesome it is, and I don't a hundred percent want to give it away. Because I want you to experience it yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And stuff. Like, I know normally we don't really give a shit about spoilers. But I don't want to spoil too much for you guys. We want to, we want you guys to, like, experience it. You know, the way that we did. And I, I went in completely blind. I had no idea this game was coming out. Right? Yeah, me neither. And stuff. So, I think we should wrap it up here. I don't want to give too much more away. Yeah. But... On a, hmm, on a scale of hmm, five wolf claws. <laughs> right. So zero wolf claws being garbage. Crap. Why'd you make it that transformation? To five being like the greatest this game of all time. Was the awesomest game. Where would you put it? How many claws would you give this game? Oh, I'd have to break the rules and say six. Yeah, it was good, guys. I mean, you're always gonna compare it to Until Dawn. And Until Dawn was good. But I thought this game held up and was just as good as Until Dawn. Honestly, I think the transformation of the werewolves made it so that the Wendigo kind of comparison of the uh, Until Dawn yeah. was like... Because the Wendigos are essentially people who eat human flesh and you become these monster things out in the wild, yada yada. Mm -hmm. Whereas like a werewolf is a transformation thing based on the lunar cycle of full moons. Yeah. Now, so it's like uncontrolled and yada yada this transformation process thing that happened mm. was just incredible. The shock factor of it was cool. Yeah. It's there's, there's no way to put it other than you've got to watch it for yourself, like play yeah. through the game or watch a YouTuber or let's play or whatever of this. And you'll be like, wow, they need to make a movie with that kind of effect. Mm. Cause that really throws a whole like, that has got to hurt, but that is like, well, you know who's a werewolf now. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was called a freak show, by the way. Okay. Again, like, I'm, I don't mean as a derogatory term or anything. It was just that's what people labeled it as. I don't know what the appropriate term is. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it was like, again, there's a fortune teller. There was probably, other, like, magicians and stuff like that. Maybe a bearded lady. It's hard to say. Yeah, because, like, again, we didn't really get a feel for it. All we knew was that there was Eliza and Silas. Yeah. And so there could have been many, many different acts. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't see any carnival rides or games. So it was, like, I don't know what I call it, car uh, carnival. Yeah. But anyways. um, So. Yeah. What did, uh, anything else you wanted to touch on in the game? I don't think so. You? Um, I think that kind of wraps it up for the most part. Mm -hmm. So let's just see. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a hot second. Um, You're good. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I do really like about uh, this whole Supermassive Games, the whole whatever you want to call it with the Until Dawn and then up till the quarry here, is that they do have kind of like an end of game, how the relationships of the characters and like the post- uh situation kind of goes from there yeah if that makes sense mm -hmm. it'll it'll go through who lived who died and that kind of stuff and yeah yeah what what kind of happened <coughs> for the most part yeah so in regards to that uh again the whole i love that they have that little attention to detail so you're kind of like oh so because this happened because of the choices that i made and yada yada yeah this is what happens really cool touch Absolutely love that. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Because how many games do you ever finish up and it's just like, oh, that's just the end of the game. That's where our story ends. And it's like, but what, what happened afterwards? Because, like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I got so invested in these characters and then it's just game, uh, you beat the big bad boss, game over. Yeah. But, but there, there's life after that. And it's like, yeah, but that, that's all you need to know. Yeah. So 
really good game. Uh, definitely, I would say like nine point five out of ten. Like yeah, very little to improve on, but I think maybe a few tweaks and yada yada would have made the game like yeah. even better. Exactly, but uh, that's all. Like you know, everyone's a critic, and I, I just I I hesitate to say something's ten out of ten uh, overall mm-hmm. because there's always somewhere to improve on. Nothing is perfect in my like for my eyes is like that because if you say something is perfect that means it's got to be perfect for all time so to be clear you were rating the transformation yeah the transformation so, individually that little thing there i was saying like it's that's like a six, six out, out of five, five kind gotcha. of thing. but overall like the whole game itself like 9.5 out of 10 kind of thing stacks because, up to until dawn yeah like yeah. It, it definitely will have its own place for the most part it is like an incredible game mm-hmm. almost like the last of us yeah uh all right so um that was just my little snippet i wanted to throw in there about how good it was i hope people either go play it or watch it because yeah it was a good journey and it's a fun game i really would like to play it sometime soon myself mm-hmm. all right and that's it for today i think so all right well thank you everybody so much for listening and we're just remember no matter what your thing is or what you're into at the end of the day we're all just a little nerdy nice <laughs> <Just> trying to howl <laughs>